Hey everyone, before this podcast begins, we want to tell you about some other arts-related podcasts you're going to love. They are The Conduit Music Podcast, Artsville, Gringo and the Man, Art World Horror Stories, and Not Real Art. On these action-packed podcasts, you'll hear experts talk about creativity, design, the music biz, the art world, visual art, American craft, Chicano art, street art, graffiti, and even stand-up comedy. So be sure to find and follow these great arts podcasts today. Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. Hello, this is Siri, and you're listening to my favorite podcast, Not Real Art. I live for this shit because it's totally lit. Greetings, artists and art lovers. Welcome to the Not Real Art Podcast, where we celebrate creative culture and the rise of the creative class. I'm your host, Sourdough, and today I'm joined by the one and only Devana Stimson. Devana is an amazing artist. She's based out of San Diego, and I just respect the hell out of her because she represents, I think, this next generation 21st century artist who is not just an amazing artist and doing incredible work, but she understands that to survive in today's climate, you know, we have to be an entrepreneur. We have to be a brand. We have to be involved in social media in a real way. Uh, we have to educate. We have to give back. Uh, we have to help others, you know, behind us and, and younger than us to lift them up and show them the way as we blaze new trails. And so Devana, just uh, thrilled to have her on today because uh, she represents, I think, uh, where the future is for artists moving forward. And I know she's been an inspiration to me, and I want to welcome her to the show today, Devana Stimson. Thank you so much. What an intro. (laughs) Hey, you deserve it. No, I mean, I'm serious. Look, I mean, right, I think that, look, I'm an old guy, right? I'm 49 years old. So this generation, this younger generation, I know gets a lot of crap, but the reality is you are best in class, I think, in terms of understanding that it's not good enough just to make beautiful art because you have bills to pay. You have a life that you're le- you're leading. You have yeah. ends to meet. And let's face it, the gallery model for artists is just it's broken for most artists. It just doesn't work for most artists. And, you know, artists are in a position where you create intellectual property. That's what artists do. Artists create intellectual property. And when you're in the intellectual property business, you have the opportunity to monetize that IP in all kinds of cool ways. And, you know, and now, you know, marketing is, is you know, in some ways easier than ever and maybe harder than ever. But you are taking full advantage of social media. You're out there. You're, you're helping to not just promote your own brand, but you're helping to educate and inspire younger artists. So I don't know. I just, I think you represent this kind of new breed of artists who are embracing these tools as opportunities versus pushing the tools away as, you know, some sort of, you know, negative thing. And so, you know, so I'm I'm grateful that you wanted to come on today. Thanks so much. Yeah. I'm so happy to be here. And I mean, like I always say, we live in such a special time and age where we have so many resources at our fingertips that like you didn't have growing up, obviously. And it's just like, you have to take advantage of it and think like in a smart way of how can you use these free resources, honestly, for the most part, and use those to leverage and grow your brand and your creative business. Because 
I think it's also important for artists to think of them as artists, but also as entrepreneurs, especially because we have so many resources and because you have social media where it's a plethora of art that people can see. It's like, okay, how can you take it a step further and actually turn this to a business and put yourself out there and get in front of the right clientele. Absolutely. I mean, it's so funny you talk about when I was growing up, but yeah, the, the state of the art technology <laughs> I had when I was growing up was my BMX bike. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like I, I rode that thing everywhere. Like I could go anywhere yeah. all the time. That was my, that was my freedom, uh, ticket to freedom, but you're right. I couldn't start a business in high school. I mean, we didn't have the idea that a young person has the opportunity to become legitimately a legitimate opportunity to become a, a very wealthy person. Mm-hmm. By starting a, a company in high school and be global instantly because you start a website. I mean, that's, I couldn't, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful thing. Obviously it's fraught with challenges and it, there's no, you know, still not easy and everything, but, but I couldn't do that when I was a kid. And uh, yeah. so I envy, envy you and you are one of the few, well, there are many, but I mean, you are one of the, the top of class um, really taking advantage of it, you know, and what, what are so, oh, so you. you know, in the run up to this now you and I met, uh, kind of indirectly, uh, you, I was, I was so happy to see you cause I, I was, I followed you on Instagram. I don't know how I found you, but, but I'd been following you for a while. And then I saw you register for our conference, uh, that we had in March. Um, and I thought, Oh, cool. Devana's going to be there. And I saw you sitting in the audience. Uh, and I said to myself, I you know, definitely want to get out and say hi and, and meet you. Of course, that didn't happen. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. It's like a crazy busy day. But I was so grateful to see you there in the audience because I know you are a, a dedicated professional. You are rigorous and committed to honing your craft, becoming a better, not just a better artist, but a better business person. And you were there. You sort of represented exactly who our conference was for, you know, artists who are talented and smart, but ambitious and are driven and are trying to be innovative and think entrepreneurially about the business that they're in and how you can monetize your intellectual properties and artists. And so, uh, and then you drove up from San Diego. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's, uh, that was quite something. Uh, yeah. So I was very grateful to, to see you there. What did you think about our conference? I thought it was awesome. I was actually kind of saddened that there wasn't as many people as I think should have been there because I think, like I said in the video that I created for you, it's just like there's not a lot of events focused around the business side of art. You always hear more of like the craft side of it and like, you know, learning how to paint better or draw better, whatever it is. It's never really about like the business side of it and like the way that you were able to bring like high level artists and people from the creative industries in for us to listen to was just like, how could any other artist like look over your ad or your promotion or marketing on social media, however they come across not real art and like not want to come to this. Like the moment I saw the reason I heard about it was through human who has been like my biggest inspiration, which yeah, she got me into painting when I was in college that's how I found out about it. And I was like, Oh, what's this? You know, anything, any, anytime I can hear her speak, like I would love to. And then I was like, Oh, this is actually a conference, like bringing other um, successful artists together and artists, other artists uh, in the room and like learning about the business side of things. I'm like, this is like what I'm all about. Because even for me, like I want to, I'm creating this movement called Gangstar Creative. And that's like the whole basis of it is like helping entrepreneur creatives thrive in both business and life um, so that they can like, 
you know, just annihilating the status quo of the starving artist is really what I'm trying to do. And so an event like your event was just super awesome because I got to connect with other artists. I got to hear from my favorite artists and other artists I didn't know about and just hear different perspectives. And I just thought like it was just a really cool opportunity to come to L.A. and learn and grow and connect with other people. Well, great. And, but by the way, in terms of the attendance, you know, I was just grateful that somebody showed up, <laughs> you know, I mean, it was because, like a good amount, but no, I no, like, we, we actually, we actually peaked out at, at, at 175, uh, at the best, you know, uh, we had, um, it was funny. We had a bunch of people not show up, which was interesting. We had a lot more tickets yeah. sold than people that showed up, but at our peak that day, 175, uh, 175 people were in the room, which was fantastic. And, awesome. you know, so I was just, you know, being a new event, right. I mean, you don't know if anybody's going to show up. So I was just grateful. That, <laughs> that because the because I knew that the content and the programming was solid. Like I knew yeah. that what we had there, the goodness that we had to share and to give was would would, would be valuable and actionable and meaningful and relevant. And so, yeah, you want to share that. You want people to get into on the goodness. And but, you know, so next year we're going to we'll probably double our attendance as a result of, you know, I think because everybody will tell five friends and two of those people might come and one of them certainly will. And uh, that way we'll double our attendance. And uh, so we'll see how it goes. But well, I was grateful that you came and the conference was, you know, in our view, a a great success. And um, we look forward to having you back next year. And part of the reason why I wanted to have you on the podcast today was because some really beautiful things happened, you know, out of that conference. I mean, one of the, you know, my primary objective in doing the conference was the fact that, you know, we wanted to provide the kinds of of learnings and and intel and 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 expertise that artists don't typically get and you know and that was really the agenda is to try to you know provide some educational uh empowering information and uh and bringing people together to try to what i call create water cooler moments because being an artist is a lonely existence most days. You know, we don't- An artist all, and an entrepreneur. <laughs> 100%, right? Oh my God. And um, look at us. I mean, we're two people alone in a room. I mean, you're in San Diego. I'm here. We're both alone, you know, but yeah. we're, we're finding this community, thank goodness, over technology. But but creating these water cooler moments, whether they're private events or parties for artists, which we do, or the conference, uh, annual conference, which we're doing, so on and so forth. And um, trying to bring people together because- you know, we want people to just be able to socialize and, com- and, and commune together and build that kind of a shared camaraderie that comes with the struggle of being an artist or an entrepreneur and that kind of thing. But then, you know, who knows what other kinds of interesting collaborations or projects might come out of that. And you were telling me, and this is a big part of the reason why I was excited about chatting with you today, is that you met some other artists uh, at the conference that you now are collaborating on a project with, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me that. Yeah. So two guys, Elias and JR, I met them at the- Shout out Elias and JR. (laughs) Yeah. I met them at the conference and then we just been, you know, we follow each other on Instagram and we've connected and we've supported each other on stuff. I think JR has like an art show coming up. He's, you know, 
prepping for that. We've been supporting him with that. And Elias is actually painting a ton of murals and I think an elementary school in Utah. He lives in Utah. So he's been working on that. And like, I have my project. So it's kind of been like, you know, a really cool support group of artists that came from your event and like we're all like learning and growing together and jr he had knew some people at this print shop um who are looking for artists to paint the wall and give us creative freedom to paint the wall really and Mm -hmm. instead of just taking it on his own he thought it would be cool to invite myself and elias to come out to la and help him on painting some of these walls at the at the warehouse and that's really like how it all started so we're going to be painting um some walls there Uh, probably at the end of next month. And Mm -hmm. yeah, we're just super stoked. And of course, I mean, the reason why we got even more connected is I reached out to you to see if you not real art would be interested in sponsoring the project. And And now it's kind of like, hell yeah. (laughs) And we were like, hell yeah, after you said yes. (laughs) And it's just kind of cool. Just like the ripple effect, you know, it's, it's like the magic in those little seeds where like you had the idea to create the conference and then you created the conference. Right. And then we ended up showing up however way we sh- showed up and then we connected. There's an opportunity and now I'm, it's like full circle and it's just going to keep growing and growing. It's just stuff like that that I absolutely love. That's the magic, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, I, um, you know, we get, if you listen to, to the media these days and, you know, on the news or whatever, uh, or if you look at most business magazines, you know, we celebrate the individual entrepreneur, right? We celebrate the individual billionaire. We celebrate the individual, you know, success. But the truth is there is no I in team, right? I mean, most of the success of anybody's success was a team effort, mm-hmm. right? It, it comes from a collaborative environment, hopefully where people feel nurtured and empowered, to come mm-hmm. together and create something special and good and valuable and meaningful and relevant and compelling and, you know, unique in the world. And, um, yeah. you know, and, and it's, and so, you know, it would be, um, I guess, you know, call it ego or whatever, you know, people are happy to sort of take the the praise or get the cover of a magazine or whatever and sort of disregard you know, the, 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 all the other people that help them get there or what have mm-hmm. you. And I know there are exceptions. I mean, there are a lot of people out there yeah. who are obviously very transparent about the support of their family or friends or colleagues, but you know, but to your point, I mean, it's, it's, um, and as artists, right. I mean, you know, coming together and collabing and, and, and creating goodness as a team is, uh, is part of the magic. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. funny you say that too. Like people, it's just like the spotlight on one person, but all those successful entrepreneurs or billionaires, millionaires or whatever, Forbes 30 under 30, like they have a team of 100%. Many behind them. 100%. <laughs> sure. Some of them don't want to be in the front. That's why, you know, there's people who are the employers and the employees. And like, that's how you make good work come about and things and magic come out of that. And so they obviously have like a team of five to 10 to a hundred people behind them, making them, you know, successful and in the, in the spotlight. So, well, and here's the thing. So you are incredibly industrious. You are obviously first and foremost, an artist, and I'm seeing some of your beautiful artworks, uh, behind you there and around your (laughs) office there, which is great, you know, and, and yet you are, um, as I said, your you know, social media personality, you have your consulting business, uh, you have your, your own commission business, uh, you have a bring your own brand, you know, you, um, are very, you know, very industrious, very productive. 
how do you do it? I mean, you're like, and because I know, you know, as a small business, it's not easy, right? Yeah. And and you know, so how do you get all this done? I mean, what's your secret to success in terms of working with other people or working efficiently by yourself? I mean, how do you get all of this done? What? How do you approach your work? Yeah, that's a, a loaded question. Break it down, break it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, one, like I'm very lucky and blessed to have my husband. We both work from home, right? And I was telling you a little bit before the call, we both were both from Virginia Mm -hmm. and we were working, we graduated college and he wanted to be like the CIO of this company. And so he got like a, a corporate job in leadership development, which moved us to Pittsburgh and Boston. But while he was doing that, we were building our own company called Strive and Grind, which is now a branding agency. And so we were kind of like bootstrapping, right? And learning along the way. And we ended up leveraging his company to move us to San Diego, California, because here there's so many entrepreneurs and young, like millennial entrepreneurs making Mm. millions of dollars with online business. And like the people we looked up to online and through podcasting and things like that, like they lived in San Diego. So we're like, we have to be here, you know, you have to surround yourself around the people that are more like-minded. And so we ended up leveraging his company to move us out here. Um, And then exactly one year from uh, moving to California, we both were able to quit our day jobs, put our two weeks in so that we can work full time on this branding agency. Um, I mean, what led to the branding agency was uh, we ended up going to like an entrepreneur conference, not an artist one, but more tailored to like online business and uh, entrepreneurship. And then we ended up investing into a business coach and a mastermind. I'm a true believer in investing in yourself financially and non-financially because you have to do what you got to do. And if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have been where we were. So yeah, a year from moving here, we were able to quit our day jobs, we go for, full force in the branding company and basically helped him build that for the past three years. And like I was telling you before, the end of last year, we got to a point where I could leave the company, he could run it on his own and we can take a little financial hit because, you know, an artist isn't like the most lucrative <laughs> business. It's one of the hardest <laughs> professions, in my opinion. Yeah. So because of that, really, I was I was able to create the situation where obviously I have a little bit of financial support from my husband, but also I have the freedom to work from home. And there's like half the day I'm on my computer, whether mm-hmm. it's reaching out to people on Instagram to get some new clientele and cold leads, or I'm doing stuff on my website. I'm creating content like filming. And then half the day I'm doing the actual like craft and the, the fun stuff. And sure. And, sure. And, and, so before yeah. I forget though, I want to, I want to thank you. You speaking of making content, you pr- uh, produce self-produced uh, totally unsolicited on your own, sent me this amazing video that you <laughs> created supporting us and supporting the conference and giving us a beautiful shout out. And I, yeah. I want to personally thank you for that. Our listeners can see it on our uh, Instagram at not real artificial, but that was, that was beautiful. Thank Thank you for yeah, that. no problem. Well, the funny thing and like every anybody listening to this, you can kind of use this too. where it's just like, you know, I was at the event. I was like, man, I really want to talk to you because you, you're running the event. I'd love to see how I can help or how we can connect or whatever. Um, but of course, events, I know they're freaking hectic and everybody's pulling you left and right. And I like, was so exhausted after yeah, that. Oh my God, yeah. that next day, I was just hammered. Yeah. And then even if we were to talk or, you know, I was were to introduce myself to you, like it would be like not as present or whatever, because sure. yeah. you know what I mean? So I was like, the best way that you can, well, you always have to ask yourself, like, how can I give back? You know, I was just like, man, I got so much from this. Like, how can I 
add value to you? How can I get noticed or like make a, con- a genuine connection? And I'm like, I know for events because I've been to many and I know a lot of people that run them. It's like testimonials are a huge way huge. to boost sales or whatever. I was like, of course, I'm going to shoot a testimonial video for him. And then, you know, that'll be a great way to give back to him because I got so much from the event and it can help us get connected. So it's just always like if you ever want to connect with somebody in particular, whether it's an artist you admire or if it's a yeah. business person or an event coordinator or whatever, it's like figure out how you can give back and something, figure out what is something that they need and that can help them and support whatever they're working on and then do whatever that thing is, you know. Hundred percent. Well, you know, you use the phrase, you know, give back, and and that's such a that's such a good one. You know, another word that I've heard used that I like to use too. It's sort of, you know, be of service, right? Like, how can you be of service to uh, your community or to your clients or to maybe a client you want to get, you know, or whatever yeah. the case might be? And just it's a different mindset because we live in a world where it's interesting. I think maybe it's changing. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not under this current administration. I don't know. Don't want to get political. But the point is, is that, you know, we sort of live in a, in, and I guess a capitalistic society, it tends to be a zero sum game. You know, it's like I have to win and you have to lose. And yet at the same time, that's such a, uh, I think, uh, ultimately over long term, the defeating approach. I mean, it's a much better isn't it much better to do, to to be to be of service and give back and invest so that you know so that we're that we can all win like why can't we all fucking win yeah yeah, yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and then i also believe too it's like for people that are listening to this and want to like use that tactic or whatever it's like also don't go up to the person and be like hey what do you need cuz it's like they already have a million things that they have in their mind it's right. like I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. you have to, like, I know I need it, something, but I just yeah. Can't, like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah, and I don't have time to stop and think about it. But right. when you can actually like think smart and like, I heard you on stage talking about. Um, I, th- I forgot who it was, but to the girl that was talking about like social media or ads or something to promote mm-hmm. the event, and I can tell that you were like frustrated with it. And I was like, okay, I know he was going to want something that can help with, you know, for the next event. So I was like testimonial. But like, if you said something else, maybe I would have did something different that could be of service and help you. So it's also thinking in the best way that doesn't take as much time away from that person, but it just adds so much value that it's just like a no brainer. You know what I mean? Yes. And all that is true. But also what is true is that it just says so much about the kind of human being you are. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, quite frankly, uh, after 49 years of being on this planet, I one of the things I've learned is that I only really want to deal with people that I like, trust and respect. And and that, you know, that comes from a set of values that comes from a set of ethics that comes from a set of morals, maybe or whatever, you know, but but those those uh, demonstrations of service, those demonstrations of of giving back or whatever speaks a lot to the kind of person you are. And, you know, that for me, where I come from, that's, you know, that says everything I need to know um, because I want to do business people with I and I want to partner and do business with people that I like, trust and respect. And that is a a demonstration of of why, you know, you are likable, trustworthy and respectable, (laughs) you know, and but also a self-starter. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. let's you know, how many people sit around, how many artists sit around and wait for their big break? Mm-hmm. Uh, to happen, to come to mm-hmm. them. And they're in the studio, they're creating work, creating work, creating work, 
waiting for somebody to just to discover their genius when in fact they're not doing anything to help <laughs> themselves. They're not doing anything. Yes. You know, and so they're not create, I call it creating your fate, you know, create your fate and be a self-starter. And, you know, there's lots of, you know, cliches and adages that talk about, you know, the harder you work, the luckier you get and all, you know, all that stuff. And it's all, mm-hmm. you know, some, there's all tr- some truth in that. But uh, anyway, you, you know, that idea of, of you, you know, what you did, you know, demonstrated the sense of, being a self-starter and giving back and being of service. And so it just rang, you know, rang true. And I think I'm not just saying this to, to brag on you. I'm saying this to our listeners to hopefully yeah. learn something. Yeah. You know, and I, and in part because I mean, I've been the same way, quite frankly, my whole, I mean, I had my first job when I was what, 13 or something, you know, every summer <laughs> I worked my butt off. And then, um, you know, even in, uh, you know, I guess in what my sophomore, junior in high school, I worked as a physical and occupational therapy aide at uh, two hospitals every weekend for a couple of years. And then right out of high school, I got a job working full time at a publishing company. I was going to college full time. I was working full time, going to college full time. You know, the point is, is that you could, you know, we have to work. You have to work. Success yeah. isn't guaranteed, man. And, and, and yeah. you know, the only chance you can give yourself to find success in life, however you define it, is by working smart and working hard. No. Yeah. And like, and I think the, the thing that gets a lot of creatives and artists, you know, most creatives and artists are introverted. And it's just like, you have to, I like to call it like practicing your, turning on your extroverted switch and like mm. practicing being extroverted. But introverted and extroverted is just about like how you recharge and it's all about energy. But it's also like, you naturally don't want to talk to people. You want to like be in the corner or on your phone, but yeah. You know, you have to practice. If you want to be a successful artist, you have to put your you have to put yourself out there, which a lot yes. of artists are like, I don't want to put myself out there. I hate talking about myself. I hate talking about my work. Like, it's just like, but if you don't, who else is going to do it for yeah. you? Nobody. <laughs> and and here's the here's the truth. Like, you know, and I said this at the conference that day. It's like it is perfectly acceptable if you're antisocial. I get that. You know, like I believe me, I, there's part of me like I, I can I can turn that extrovert switch on if I need to. Mm-hmm. But really, I love being alone. I like mm-hmm. my quiet. Me I like, too. you know, like I'm, <laughs> you know, and but I can turn it on when I need to. Exactly. And that's all you have to do. You have to be able to turn it on when you need to. And it's OK to be antisocial. But what isn't OK for artists is to be inarticulate about your work. Mm-hmm. If somebody is asking you about your work, about your practice, about your vision, about your ethos, about your mantra, about, you know, you have to be able to answer those questions articulately, mm-hmm. right? And have a point of view. And, and you know, because how many artists out there, love them or hate them, are successful because, in part because they're really good at, you know, selling themselves or telling their story or whatever. Jeff Koons mm-hmm. comes to mind. He's always been this sales guy, sales guy, sales guy, love them or hate them. But, uh, it's always a head scratcher for me when when I see artists who just don't want to talk about their work. How could you not yeah. want to talk about your work? <laughs> but I also think there's the other side to it too. It's like you need to know how to articulate and talk about your work, but also just know how to talk to people. Because there's nothing. <laughs> let's start with that. Like, right? <laughs> yeah, let's start with like just basic social skills and like and basic to hygiene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how about some deodorant? And just not also, I've uh, encountered a lot of creatives where it's like, they just talk about themselves too. Yeah. It's like basic, right. you know, you, when you're being social, like you want to be more, 
seem more interested in the other person. And then in return, they'll be more interested in you and ask you questions. And like, then that's when you need to know how to talk about yourself and what you do and your work and be confident in that and not be ashamed that you are an artist or whatever, or trying to be an aspiring artist. It's not really you're aspiring, you're an artist or you're not an artist, like, and just hold that confidence and owning that and just knowing and practicing, like talking to people. And that's really like, for me, like when I was building the branding company with my husband, we went to a lot of like entrepreneur conferences. We invested in a lot of like masterminds. And for me, it was always super uncomfortable. But like, I remember the first event that uh, we went to when we first moved here, like on the way downtown, because we live in North, uh, North County, San Diego, we would practice, hey, what's your name? Nice to meet you. Like we were on in the car, like practicing, like, Hey, that's amazing. Role yeah, playing. So I would practice what striving Ryan was at the time. And then we'd, I'd bounce it off to him. Hey, I'm Devana. Nice to meet you. What do you do? And then he would practice it because we wanted to make sure we came, you know, get ready with our game. And we knew how to say what we did and articulate in a way that wasn't too confusing, but we also wanted to practice conversation. And so like, we can ask what the other person does. And, you know, it's just like, it really is all practice. If it doesn't feel natural, natural, it's okay. Like the, the growth is in the discomfort and like, I'm discomfort. Like I have discomfort all the time when I'm in social situations, but I know like if I don't push myself out of that comfort zone, I'm not going to be able to grow. And I'm not going to be able to get better. So. Wow. That's, that's a powerful point you're making. I mean, cause you're getting at, you know, like this old idea about exercising your muscles, right? I mean, it's like, you can't yeah. lift the weight if you haven't, you know, exercised the muscle and, you know, and it, it does take a special muscle. This does take unique special muscles to be able to socialize and have a decent conversation. The art of conversation is something that can be learned and you guys yeah. were practicing. And that's like, again, another great example of what it takes to be successful, but also why you're successful because you're doing what it takes. Yeah. And anybody can do it. And anybody can do it. <laughs> that's a thing, right? Well, it's funny. My <laughs> wife tells me, she's like, she's like, you know, she's like, you know, reason why I wanted to fall in love with you, wanted to be with you is because, you know, like you took me on, on, you know, our, our date, you know, our first date and the dates after were, were great. And I said, well, they were great because I asked, I was asking, you know, about you, you know, I was, I was like, you know, like I didn't, you know, and if you look back and of course it was very strategic on my part because she's, my <laughs> wife is very beautiful. And I was like, you know what, like I have to, I have to go, this has to go well. <laughs> So, so it's like, how can I, how can I, how can I make it go? Well, Oh, you know what? I'll ask about her. Like, you know, people love talking about themselves. It's not that difficult to show interest in somebody like, you know, and that's the thing that you know, you can be antisocial, right? Like some people, when when some people are say they're antisocial, maybe they're getting at their private and they don't want to like, you know, it reveal much about themselves or they want to talk about this. They don't have to, they can just, Ask Listen. people about them. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have this game I play when I go to some of these, you know, parties or whatever around Hollywood or LA or whatever. And because mm-hmm. um, everybody is so, you know, everybody wants to talk about themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And so I play this game where I'll go to these things, and the goal is to not reveal one thing about myself. <laughs> to leave the party and everybody thinks that I'm like the greatest guy because you, you know I was everybody. talking to them but of course I reveal nothing about myself and I and they reveal everything about themselves you know anyway that's funny, funny. it's a good game to play so um Devana, talk about uh, talk about what you're doing with uh, the Gangstar Creative Initiative because I, I think it's something that's really special in terms of what you know your practice and your business and your ethos um, tell our listeners about Gangstar Yeah. So like I said before, I'm basically on a mission to annihilate the status quo of a starving artist and help creatives really thrive in business and their life. 
Yeah. The craft is taken care of. It's really the mindset and lifestyle and freedom that you want. And also like just knowing, needing to know like the business side of things. Um, but really like it was, it's always been something that I wanted to do. Like as I was building the the branding company, like I wasn't like painting and stuff cause it was hard for me to focus on everything. So I was really just into the the branding company at the time, but like it was just always something that I knew was inside me that I wanted to give back to other creatives because I would, you know, every now and then meet other creatives and they tell me how they're like struggling or they don't know how to put themselves out there. or They don't know how to leverage social media or they don't know how to talk to people or, you know, all these like small things where like I felt really lucky and blessed to have had the opportunity to one, like build a successful, like successful company and then be able to surround myself with a lot of like successful entrepreneurs by being part of these masterminds and conferences, um, and having like a different type of network where it's just like, man, I've been able to learn so much. Like I can, I know I can give back. Like I'm tired of hearing people like hold on to the whole starving artists type of thing. And like, just hold on to the fact that just because they're an artist, they can't be successful or they have to bootstrap it or they, it, whatever it is, like all these like limiting beliefs, like it really like pisses me off when people kind of just subject to that. And I remember I went to a art show in LA, um, like a couple years ago, I think it's been a year or two ago. And it was basically like this really cool curated art event where it was like a bunch of female artists from Instagram, like some girl like hit up all these different Instagram artists um, and brought them together in LA. And it was like all their, it was a big art show for like oh, that, cool. for that. So I was like, cool, mm -hmm. I'll go check this out. So my husband and I went up to LA, we went to the show and actually one of the girls I was showing was somebody I had connected with on Instagram, but haven't met in person. Um, and so I go to the show, right? And we're like walking around. Some art's okay. Some of it's really awesome. And I'm like, man, we could buy some of this stuff. But as I was walking around, majority of the artists weren't at their booth. And if they were at their booth, they were like sitting on the floor, like on their phone. I kid oh, you not. Jeez. Oh, my God. And so, so we're walking bad. around. And I'm like, man, if just any of these artists would just like greet us or try to sell us on something. Like if we were like staring at, you know, when you stare at a piece of artwork for a long time, that person's probably interested. So you should probably be like, hey, Hello, like what is it that you like about this painting? <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah. collect art. You know, that's just, you have to like know a little bit of sales too. Like, do you want to stop being a starving artist? You got to work for it. Yep. And so like, as I was just walking around, I was just getting so pissed, like so angry to where like, I had tears in my eyes. Like that's how much like this really pisses me off. And it was just right. like, after I left that event, I was like, I need to do something about this. I know I'm only one person, but there's not a lot of people who like are stepping up to lead in the space or offer knowledge. And there's not a lot of business resources that is provided or it's hard to find and they definitely don't teach it in schools. And so it's just like, I need to do something. That's really like how the Gangstar Creative idea started about gangstar is actually something that like I used to say because I like stars and like I kind of have like a urban side to me and like I've always just used that in my graph design when I was younger so I kind of like kept with that and I just felt sure. like when you're a gangstar creative like you are being you're a gangstar you're you're being a star in your own right as an artist and owning your worth and owning that confidence and being a thriving, uh, successful creative. And then like, that's kind of like where the basis of that is. Yeah. And so 
really where I want to take that is um, I'm planning on launching a podcast called Gangstar Creative, where I'm bringing in successful creatives from different industries, whether it's makeup or painting or dance or whatever, and basically having them share their stories, but more importantly, talk talk about like the tactical stuff, because I feel like we have enough resources and podcasts that have artists share their stories. And that's awesome. But it's like, we always end up leaving with the questions like, well, how did you even get that project? Or like, how did you even meet that person? Or what did you do to like, put that, like be in that situation? Like, and then so like, from the podcast, like, I really want to make sure that people can walk away with the hows of the artist's successes and stories so that they can implement them. And so having that podcast is really like, the, the basis of where I'm going to launch Gangstar Creative and then eventually have some sort of online platform providing resources and teachings and things like that uh, for artists to have access to. So, Well, I'll tell you what, it is um, a big problem and it w- it's only going to be solved uh, with a lot of folks you know, working to address the problem. I mean, you know, like, like we need lots of your, you know, podcasts, uh, (laughs) helping people. We need lots of conferences, helping people. We need, you know what I mean? Because, because it is, it's a big problem. And, you know, I just got back the other day. I went to go visit my alma mater. I graduated from, um, a small private kind of liberal arts and performing arts school out of Chicago called Columbia College. And so I got invited back, <clears throat> excuse me, students uh, produce uh, an event every year called Manifest Urban Arts Festival. And it's a 100% student produced all day event of concerts and performances and gallery openings and you know you know there's a parade i mean you know like it's just like it's crazy (laughs) right yeah it's super cool and so anyway so i I go and and then i get invited to this like you know vip thing with like the board of trustees and the president and, and so on and so forth and so, you know, so I'm caught up in these conversations and, um, and, you know, Columbia, one of the things that they've always bragged about, uh, even when I graduated from there back in 94 was like, oh, well, we teach business, you know, we teach business and the arts and they do, they teach, you know, there's a, a business requirement that you have to take in terms of accounting and management, marketing, and, you know, those things. And that's great. But what I learned, uh, what I have learned over 30 years or whatever it's been, <laughs> and I told this to the president of the college the other day and a couple of the board of trustees, I said, look, learning about business <laughs> is not the same mm-hmm. as learning about your industry. And how it works and how deals really get done and how money really gets made, you know, mm-hmm. understanding accounting and marketing, like that's base level shit. Like, yeah. you get, you know, absolutely. It's <laughs> good. Don't, you, you know, can, don't, you can make money without knowing that stuff. <laughs> and you can make money with exactly. And, you know, it's so leave it, but you got to add this extra layer because it is absolutely unacceptable. I think for, for students of art schools or design schools to be graduating from their program without a intimate understanding of how their industry or their sector or their discipline, you know, really works. You know, the fact that a, that an art student would graduate from art center and not understand how the world of the, the, the art world works, just it, it's wrong. And, and um, why, uh, why aren't we empowering artists with the, t- with really the skills and the tools and the knowledge that they need? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and I honestly believe like if we were taught sales as kids, <laughs> like from middle oh school, elementary oh, school, like, we would all be thriving. Like, yeah, we would you be. Know, like that's if you could have one skill in life, 
uh, like the art of persuasion and sales, you'd be able to live comfortably and have everything that you possibly want and be and still be a good human being <laughs> and like yeah. still do your art and craft and well, like it, thrive it, and. Yep. Yep. No, it's true. It's true. And you know, the, the thing that I keep, and I, I guess I chatted, said, talked about this a little bit at the conference, but you know, the word I like to use is strategy, mm-hmm. like be strategic. Mm-hmm. Right. And there is, you know, th- there is definitely a difference between working hard and working smart. And when you add strategy and being strategic to your practice, then suddenly you're working smart and, you, and your efforts are more effective, right? Because mm-hmm. you're being, you're putting first things first and you're being strategic and there's no shame in the game, right? There's no shame in, in being strategic and clever. I call it clever. You're creative. You're an artist. Be clever. Figure it mm-hmm. out. But, you know, look, I mean, I think... Um, it is a great thing what you're doing and, and we need more of it. You know, we definitely need more of it. You know, who are yeah. some of the artists that you admire besides human? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Lately, I've been, well, her is definitely like the biggest one because I always felt like I related to her the most because my background was originally in graphic design mm-hmm. and like, so was hers. And like, mm-hmm. she felt inhuman, et cetera, and then got into painting. And so it kind of like when I took my first painting class in college, that's when I realized I didn't like graphic design anymore and like, <laughs> I wanted to do painting and I found more freedom in that. I follow a girl called is it, is Ice Cream and Cupcakes. Her name's Mallory something. Okay. She just finished like a really big mural project in the the new, my mind is not working right now, in New York City, the, the Trade Center. Okay. The, the new towers there. Oh yeah, the twin towers. Yeah, the tw- yeah. So she just finished like a big project there, but I follow her a lot, and she has like a cool like style where she paints kind of like a lot of uh, female portraits and figures, but she includes like floral and like patterns in it. Oh. And she's super helpful on Instagram, like uh, for people that give back. Like anytime I have a question, I'll and I ask her, she always gives me an answer, which I really appreciate as like someone who's growing in the industry. So oh, yeah. she's an awesome person um, to follow. Another girl that I like is uh, Charmaine, Charmaine Olivia. She mm-hmm. does like, I don't know. I follow a lot of like colorful female artists do like similar artwork to mine, but like sure. different. Yeah. But yeah. That's really cool. What, where a lot do you of find... names are like slipping my mind. No, no, right I know. <laughs> I, I'm putting you on the spot. It's all good. Cause it's funny because like, you know, I, my wife and I so were many. very proud of our art collection, you know, and, and people yeah. will come over and they'll be like, you know, like, oh, this piece is great. You know, who's this artist? And like, I'll draw a blank. I'll be like, I'll be, uh, yeah, he's from uh, Iceland. Um, you know, you know, I bought that a long time ago. I'm gonna have to like, you know, remember, like, give me a sec. <laughs> you know? It's like, wait a minute, I paid five thousand dollars for that. I can't remember. You know, I can't remember. <laughs> Anyway, it happens. It happens. So, but I mean, as a creative, as an artist, it's hard sometimes to wake up and be productive, right? Because um, it's hard to find that inspiration. But at the same time, we're professionals, right? So we have to work regardless whether we're inspired or not. I mean, it sounds like you kind of organize your day, you organize your practice. Sounds like you uh, focus maybe in the morning in terms of emails and phone calls and Mm -hmm. administrative kinds of stuff. And then you maybe work in the afternoon, you know, doing the fun Mm -hmm. stuff and the painting. Is that your typical, uh, is that the typical structure of your day? Like how does, how does Monday, how does your week look like? How do you organize your time and energy throughout the week? Yeah, that's pretty much like at base level. That's usually how I do it. Obviously depends on like if I have any projects coming up or Mm -hmm. things like that, but usually from I get up around 
7.30, I do like kind of morning stuff. And then I probably like get to the computer around like 9.30, 9, 9.30. And then like I go through email, I do social media stuff. I yeah. might edit content, that type of thing. All the computer stuff is what I call it. Sure, and then sure. then I'll like break, take a break. And then I'll probably get to like painting and working on stuff around like one. And then just kind of depends. Yeah. If there was one thing that you could avoid doing like if like if there's one thing you could outsource mm-hmm. right what would it be right now it would probably be like sales stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> business development sales stuff yeah yeah um i mean you can outsource anything i know in the future like i would want somebody to i guess is it like an agent or like some sort of representative to like negotiate the deals or find deals for me or mm-hmm licensing the, like somebody mm-hmm. to handle that and the conversations and stuff so I can focus more on like building my brand and like the the artwork side of it but I also know that I learn a lot from those yes. types of conversations and reaching out to people and doing things like that but that'd probably be like the the number one thing but honestly sure. right now I don't mind it either because I know I have to hustle and I know I have to learn from it and I know I always tell myself too whenever like I feel resistant to do something or like scared or I have a fear or something. Gotta do it. I know I got to do it, but I also just think about like, what would I tell my gangstar creative community? Like once I think that I'm like, fuck, like <laughs> I have to do it now because practice what you preach, walk the talk. Yep. 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 That. So go It's classic. I mean, you know, like I think that, you know, artists are not a monolithic community by a long shot, but the one thing that I have, sort of heard over the years um, from most artists most of the time is that when it comes to what I'll call, you know, marketing, promotion, business development, sales, like that's the one thing. Like if most artists, if they could just kind of hand that over to somebody and sort of, you know, let them deal with that and they could just focus on the work. I mean, that's classic. I mean, but the truth of the matter is, is every profession has that. You know, I talk to doctors all the time. I hate dealing with insurance yeah. companies. You know, I mean, like there's, you know, that's why they call it work, right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You have your, you have your staff of people and assistants and admins and, you you know, you can build your team how you want to build it. And I'll eventually have that for me, you know, but right now I gotta do it all. (laughs) That's great. What, now what inspires you? Like when you, like, where do you find inspiration? I mean, I know as professionals, you know, I I think Chuck Close said something like, uh, you know, inspiration is for amateurs, but we're all inspired, right? I, you know, I get inspired every day. Um, you know, it's funny. I looked at my notes app on my iPhone the other day and I had over 2000 notes in my notes app. And this is ridiculous because like 2000, (laughs) you know, because what happens is I'm walking down the street, I see something, I get inspired, I make a note and then I promptly disregard it for the next, you know, we all do that. Right. hundred percent. Right. So what do you, where do you, you know, where do you find your inspiration? Yeah. Um, I say for me and other art and like going out to artsy type of things, whether it's a gallery or whether it's watching plays or dance, listening to music and especially listening to podcasts. Like, so when I paint, I usually either listen to music or I um, listen to podcasts. And what then- podcast do you listen to? What do you like? Um, I mean, I know you listen to ours. I know you love ours. Ours is I one. have listened to yours, actually. <laughs> but uh, what podcasts are you into? Yeah, I've been listening to Joe Rogan's podcast with my uh, husband. I love Joe. I binge a lot. There's this podcast called um, Side Hustle Pro. Okay. And she, it's a female host, and she basically brings on female black business owners mm-hmm. um, that have built side hustles. And like, she's just a really good interviewer, and like, the guest she brings on is really good. And 
I always get like inspiration from the stuff that comes from our guests. There's another girl. Hold on. Let me see if I can pull it up. There's like a couple other ones. I don't know the names of it. I just yeah. like, I don't know what the, the color of their, their podcast art looks like. Sometimes I'll listen to uh, the abundant artist podcast. Mm-hmm. And then there's the influencer podcast. Okay. Too recently too. Those are really good. And then I'll listen to the chase Jarvis show too. Cool. I, I don't. I haven't heard of Chase. What? What's? Uh, really? I don't think oh, so. Yeah. What? So Chase Jarvis, he's a world-renowned like photographer. That's like uh-huh. how he's a big creative. But he has a thing called Creative Live, and so it's basically a platform where he brings on like any. It's kind of like you know what Skillshare is. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So it's kind of like that, but for creative. So he has people that come up and basically upload their trainings to learn people can learn about photography they can learn about graph design he also now has like different entrepreneurs and life coaches on there that teach different courses that you can pay for and take too and he has like hmm. live i don't know like conferences i think you yeah. pay to like watch them and learn from them but he has his podcast is really good he's really cool um, i'm gonna check him out i just i just uh reached i mean i just uh my phone here i have the chase jarvis live show Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'm subscribing yeah, yeah. to it now. Yeah. Um, you should check out the creative live website too. There's a lot of okay. like stuff on there. I will do that. Maybe I'll reach out to him and uh, see if he'll come on our little podcast and uh, bring some uh, that of that. Bring, bring some get him as a speaker. That would be really dope. Bring some, <laughs> bring some of that energy, you know, some of that, that uh, goodness, because clearly he's, we share a common ethic, right? We share a mission, right? Helping yeah. elevate and celebrate and empower creatives at, at all levels. So what, so, uh, you, you are a busy professional creative person. Uh, I know today you've carved out uh, well over an hour for us and I'm so appreciative. <laughs> 30 minutes that, of troubleshooting. <laughs> and, well, yeah, after our technical difficulties, uh, yeah. were solved, which by the way, to, for our listeners, you know, full disclosure here that, you know, Devana and I are recording this as you might've uh, already discerned, uh, via Skype. And this is my third Skype recording. Usually uh, when I do a podcast, uh, we're recording here in my office and uh, it's very, you know, relaxed and casual. And this is my third Skype recording. The first two went went fine. No problems, no technical difficulties. Today, Devon and I got on and it had nothing but technical difficulties and we couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure it out. Finally, I, I couldn't figure it out. And, and, uh, and finally, Devon says, um, maybe you should just reboot your computer. <laughs> that should have been the first thing we did. Actually, and I, I was like, I was like, of course, of course, I should reboot my computer because a, I have like uh, like three hundred and thirty two windows open. Like that can't be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then of course I rebooted and called her back and uh, problem solved. So Devana gets the uh, outstanding achievers uh, <laughs> today for the uh, Not Real Art podcast in our t- troubleshooting adventures. But we've we've been through it, haven't we? We've been we've been oh, through yeah. the rough stuff, you and I. Yeah. <laughs> as we have got ready for this. And um, so, what does the rest of your day look like? What do you uh, what do you when we adjourn here? What uh, what are you going to work on today? Well, I'll probably take a break because stuff like this always takes this, energy. I'm exhausting. Like- <laughs> My wife tells me I mean, I'm, I'm very exhausting, so I get it. Take a break. No, yep, it's yep. just like, you know, turning on and doing an interview and things yeah, like that. Oh, yeah. Like it's always Reboot. so yeah. probably hang out with my husband for a little bit and then get to some painting and uh, working on some computer stuff that I didn't get to do uh, planning for. I'm doing um, I'm painting live and like showcasing some artwork at this cool pop up 
conference, I should say, in L.A. on the 30th. So I'm like preparing some stuff for that. So Ooh, conference in L.A. on the 30th. What is that? I got to yeah. check it out. Well, What's it's for women, but oh? I think you oh, can come. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay, fine. Uh, I won't. I, mean, I won't try to come, crash the party. But it's, it's it's supporting uh, women in business, but it's really right. cool. It's at the Casa Vertico, um, okay. that big venue that you can see off the highway going uh-huh. to LA. But it's just like supporting women in business, and right. there's going to be music and food and drinks and like uh, influencers coming to speak and women in business coming to speak. A legal class, makeup class. Um, it's called the Impromptu Pop Up. If anybody listening. Cool. Um, check it out, but yeah, it's gonna our be female listeners uh, check it out for sure. <laughs> right, so you're gonna be getting ready for that, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and painting, and I was gonna be prepping for the the mural next week. That's not happening next week, but it'll be happening sooner than than later. But you know, we sort of jumped in, you know, uh, I think quite naturally, you know, talking about the business and. And, uh, you know, the, the challenges of being a working artist today. We haven't really talked a whole lot about your art. I mean, your art it, you know, has this, you know, very uh, sort of majestic, uh, that's not the word I want, sort of a very kind of um, ethereal kind of beauty to it. And I, I hope I hope I've got those words right. There, there's just an elegance also, and it's, dare I say, kind of a sensuality mm-hmm. to your aesthetic. Talk about in, uh, talk about your art. Talk about what your collectors see in your art and what you hope to convey with your art. Yeah. For me, like I've always been attracted to like colorful or urban contemporary type of art, street art, that type of thing. Sure. Um, and I said, oh, for my artwork, I always like to paint. I focus mostly on female portraits and figure. Um, I do like lips and a little bit of abstract, but I like to capture like just moments of emotion that we as women go through. So like each piece, I feel like a women can look at and kind of see themselves in and mm-hmm. feel that emotion or story behind it. It's interesting too. Cause like I said, like I stopped painting and then I started painting again. So I'm still learning about what my collectors enjoy about it. And I get, it's pretty 50 50 on men and women too, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. I mean, I feel like the, the men that do invest in my artwork, they have their own like interpretation of it. Sure. But they just like the beauty of it or the sensuality of it. Um, and kind of like, I feel like everybody attaches their own stories to it. I, but yep. mostly for me is like capturing that like emotional, like essence. Like I, I don't really like where like, it's just like smiley. Like I like to just capture like a certain emotion where it's like more like a sad or like a content type of emotion where it's really capturing you in a trance yeah. and then you kind of vibe off of the colors and the organized chaos. I like to call it of mm-hmm. like the, the abstractness that's in the backgrounds yep. of, of like the subjects of my paintings. So. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. That's great. How many? So are you able to paint every day? Yes. For the most part. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I don't like actually painting every day, though. I mean, yeah. that might sound crazy to some sure. people. No, but yeah, yeah, like I, I like a balance. And sometimes I do enjoy the computer stuff more. Like sometimes if I'm creating certain content, like that's creative thing right. that I'm doing. So like right. I enjoy that. But for the most part, like I can paint every day. Yeah. Well, what I appreciate, too, about you, and and this gets back to kind of our bigger conversation about what it means to be a professional artist and a professional creative today. You know, I have this analogy about, you know, again, of course, this is an oversimplification, but but taking all of the exceptions out of it. I mean, I sort of have this analogy that there are basically two kinds of professionals, right? There's the um, switchblade and the Swiss Army knife. <laughs> Right now, mm-hmm. you know, a switchblade is 
does one kind of job very well. And sometimes, you know, if you need that job done, only a switchblade will do. Right. Right. You you need a lawyer, you need an accountant, you need a doctor, Mm -hmm. you need a, you know, a, a photographer. Right. But then there are people um, who are Swiss Army knives. You know, they have lots of tools in their toolbox. They have lots of skills and capabilities and expertise. And I think artists um, are naturally um, kind of inclined to be Swiss Army knives because, you know, you kind of have to do a lot of this, you know, stuff, you know, a lot of different things. The fact that I think that's what we're saying to artists, right? Like, guys, embrace the Swiss Army knife you know, aspect of being an mm-hmm. artist. And, uh, and by the way, truth of the matter is, you know, people really, uh, love Swiss army knives, you know, way more than, <laughs> way more than switchblades. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, <laughs> anyway, so Devana, this has been such a pleasure. I know you got a busy day ahead of you, lots to do, but we're going to talk again. I hope someday. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, for sure. So we're, you're going to come back. We're going to talk about the project that you're doing with other artists, JR and Elias. Elias. And it'd be great to have those guys on as well. Yeah. I'd love the fact that you guys met up at the conference. Um, I want you guys to come obviously back uh, and tell us about the project. Once it's done, we're going to sponsor the project. Not real art is going to sponsor the project. Uh, yeah, for <laughs> sure. For sure. And then, um, And then we'll obviously see you guys again at the conference next year. But before we sign off, please tell our listeners where they can find you on social. Tell them about your two websites and your YouTube channel. Yeah. So all my social media is at Devana Stimson. I do have a specific uh, Instagram art account. It's art by Devana. Um, But everything else is at Devana Stimson. And I'm on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. And then you can find me at artbydevana.com or devanastimson.com. Well, there you have it. And again, we're grateful for your time, your valuable time spending it with us today. Devana, thank you. And you have a beautiful afternoon and uh, we'll talk soon. Yes. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Thanks for coming. Cheers. Of course. Hey there. Thanks for tuning in. Please be sure to like this episode and share it with your friends on social. And if you haven't already done so, please be sure to press subscribe and follow us on IG at Not Real Art Official. We appreciate the support. Sourdough, out.